What's up, Porch? How are we doing tonight? Hey, it is, uh, it's great to see you. My name is Timothy Atik, and I am uh, one of the teaching pastors here at Watermark on Sundays, as well as right here at the Porch. I'm so glad you made it tonight. Hello to everyone in the room, as well as to everyone watching online at our Porch Live locations. I'm thinking about you, Porch Live Des Moines, Porch Live Tulsa, Porch Live Fort Worth. I am glad that you are tuning in tonight. I also know that there are many individuals just around the globe who are sitting in their apartment or their condo or their house tonight watching by yourselves. If that's you, I'm so glad you're here as well. We are starting a new series and it has the sexiest title that we have had in a long time. Here's the name of the series. It is called Prayer. Yeah. That's not all. It's called Prayer, How to Talk to and Hear from God. That's the name of the series that we are going to be in uh, for the next four weeks. Here's the reason that we are calling it that. We did not want to get creative with this one. This is like, we want you to know this is what we're talking about. We are talking about prayer unapologetically. Like, if there's anything that my hope, if there's anything I hope for you is that you would take a step in your prayer life. So if you don't pray, my hope is that you would start praying. If you pray sporadically, my hope is that you would start praying regularly. And if you pray regularly, my hope is that you would start praying constantly. Like my goal is that you would grow in prayer. I'll put it this way, when I was in college, I had a major and a minor at Texas A&M University. I majored in psychology. Majored in psychology and minored in business. And the reality is, is in the spiritual life, our tendency will be to major in certain things and minor in other things. In my own life, what I've realized as I look back on the decades that I've been walking with Jesus is that uh, without thinking about it, I majored in the Word of God and minored in prayer. And the Lord changed that in my life. And I'm so glad that he did, but I don't want you to go another day majoring in something other than prayer. I want us to be a people who pray. Martin Luther, the leader of the Protestant Reformation, he said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That is how important prayer is. So tonight, we're gonna start this series by having a conversation about prayer. And I figured that there was no one better to have a conversation about prayer with than my good friend, Jenny Allen. So if you will, welcome Jenny Allen to the stage tonight. Thanks. Welcome to the porch. I think there are probably better prayer warriors in the world, but I appreciate that compliment. I am really excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So uh, one of the reasons that I thought of Jenny is that... uh, Her husband, Zach, and Jenny, and then my wife and I, we're actually in a prayer group together. So I know she prays because I'm in a group with her where we pray. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know Jenny, Jenny and her husband, Zach, I don't know how long y'all have been married. A long time. Great. You don't know how long you've been married either. So uh, Jenny is the leader of really a movement, If Gathering, where really for almost 10 years now, She has led a generation of women, uh, truly millions of people around the world uh, have, have sat under Jenny's leadership as she has provided resources and conferences that have helped disciple a generation of women. And I know that many of you have been impacted by her leadership. I am one of those people. I am not a woman, but I've still been <laughs> impacted. <laughs> Thank you for that clarity. Yes. Uh, more than that, I'm so thankful for Jenny's friendship. Her husband and her have just been a lifeline for my wife and I as we've moved to Dallas. And uh, she is the real deal. Like what you see on the stage, that is who she is in a living room. And so thanks so much for jumping in tonight. Yes, I'm glad you're here. here. Uh, Jenny, I know that you have a huge heart for the young adults that are sitting in this room and honestly the young adults 
around the world. So I want them to hear your heart for them before we even jump in. What do you want to share? Yeah, I, I feel um, uniquely drawn to you guys. And I think one of the reasons is you have been incredibly zealous for God. There hasn't really been a lot of medium people I have met under the age of 28, 29, and I know some of you are above it, you can be medium, but most of the people I've met under 28, 29 have, have just either not wanted God or they want God. And so just the fact that on a Tuesday night, there are this many of you here as young adults, I know some of you are here to meet cute boys or girls, and that's great. I highly recommend that pursuit, but I more highly know that there's a part of you that has a desire for God. Even those of you that maybe stumbled in the door and don't know God, there, there's a desire. And I think that desire comes from desperation. And that's the other reason my heart goes out to you is I see, just like you talked about last week, TA, I mean, it was so important and relevant for you to talk about that. But that is tragic mm. that that is relevant. Yeah. That is tragic that the percentage that, that I saw that you yeah. shared. You're desperate. And yes, that's scary. And yes, there's some challenges that come with that. But when you're desperate, God starts looking really dear and really good. And I believe when you're desperate, God starts getting very real. Yeah. And you crave him and you want him yeah. in a different way. So yeah. that's what I've seen yeah. with, as I've worked with a lot of y'all in yeah, the past. I love that. That's great. Uh, well, so we're talking about prayer tonight. Yeah. And I know that you are a woman who prays. You are a mm -hmm. praying woman. So I would just love to know, talk us through, how, what does your journey with prayer look like over the years? Like what, is, <laughs> what have been the shaping forces in your life? Who and what has, has cultivated your prayer life? So how many of y'all keep a journal? A lot of you. Good. Then you probably are praying in that journal. And I, I did that a lot of my life. I, I currently don't do that any longer. They are called books in my life now. They're my journals that are published for a lot of people to read. And, and for years I kept journals. And at the beginning of, I would look back at my journals and at the beginning of all my journals as a young adult, it, it would always start with, I'm so sorry. Like that was the first line of every page when I would go back and look at it. And it would be because days would have gone by or possibly even weeks would have gone by and I hadn't quote, met with God. And so I would say for a long time, I hated this subject because I always felt like I was failing mm. in this subject. I felt like I, there was a mark and I wasn't hitting it. And therefore, every time I came into God's presence, apparently in my journal, I felt guilty yeah. and I felt ashamed. Yeah. And that's how I started every minute that I would begin to pray yeah. with God. I totally resonate with that. Like I just said, I minored yeah. in prayer. So that that guilt that you felt, like I can totally, I can look back and I'm like, I've, I feel that. So if you and I have felt it, I would imagine that, I don't know if you've, anyone honest enough to say, yeah, I've felt that guilt before. Yeah, yeah a lot of people. Which, yeah. let's go into that for a minute. Yeah. Because I'm really good at hijacking interviews. I'm gonna warn TA. Is this the first time you've interviewed me? It is. You watch out, let's go. Um, might, so, be the, might be the last, might be. I don't know, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. See where we're gonna go. Um, so what I, here's, here's what I wanna say about that, is how miserable to get in anybody's presence you feel guilty with. Yep. Like you don't want, you don't desire to go in, if, you're, if you have a difficult relationship with your dad, if you think about that relationship, and you feel like whenever you're around him, he's being critical, or you feel like he's, um, you know, he's disappointed in you, you probably don't see your dad a lot. You probably don't pick up the phone and call him a lot. You probably don't want to be with him. That's just human nature. So let me just give you kind of a little compassion for that that many of you raised your hands and said that you feel guilty about your prayer life, that you feel guilty with God. That's really hard because that then is not the person that you want to go to. Yep. And I would say, looking back, um, at that time in my life, I didn't go to God a lot. The reason I was usually apologizing is because a week or weeks had gone by and I hadn't even talked to him. My prayer life, I'll fast forward and then we'll, we'll fill in 
more. My prayer life now, and this is what I'm gonna advocate for you, it is completely different than journaling. And I'm not saying you shouldn't journal and I'm not saying you shouldn't spend concentrated time in prayer, but my prayer life is constant. It is very rarely me on my knees for an hour. It is most often as I am going every minute throughout the day. Why? Because I really like God. (laughs) I really like him. And I feel like he's with me all the time. And I also feel like I am missing 99% of what is happening around me if I am not asking him what is happening around me. Mm -hmm. And so there is just a constant, Lord, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to say here? God, what, what do you want me to know about what was just said to me? How do you want me to react here? There is a constant conversation with God going through my mind all the time. Now, here's the thing about living that way is it's just a little crazy. Like, it really is. If you really pray without ceasing, if you really are just God constantly, I'm with you, I I know you're here, what do you want me to know? You You are going through life a little bit, either talking to yourself or talking to somebody invisible. Now, I say that, it should be obvious, but some of y'all just went like, yeah, huh, I hadn't thought about that. I say that because I think as Christians, we don't talk enough about how absolutely crazy we are. <laughs> like how odd all of this is. Like I hate talking about prayer and I rarely do it. One of the reasons I don't do it is because of the verse that says, don't be like the hypocrites that stand up and, and pray. But also I think talk about prayer, like just don't be someone that goes boasting about it or, or talking about it. Like, just do it. That's kind of what he was, his point was. So I don't know that I've ever even talked about prayer, yeah. really, in yeah. this deep of a way. That's one reason. The other reason is because there is nothing worse to me than thinking that prayer is boring or that prayer has to be done a certain way or that there is a script for prayer or that this... Now, granted, Jesus said, this is how you pray. There is just a short little script. Um, but... I think the point of the script that he gave was to, to give direction and to show the things that we are to bring to him, which is everything. It's to, it's to wrestle out life with him. It is, it is the sin that we're carrying and the sin of other people. He, he built a model of just bring it all, bring it all. Bring what you need, bring what you want, bring what you're struggling with, bring it all. That's the Lord's prayer. We, should, it's, we can put it up in a minute. But outside of that, it's supposed to be a relationship. And for so long, I believe we've set prayer as this thing that we're all supposed to do. And, and I remember um, I was with a girl once and, and she was going through so much. And, and honestly, she was a girl that I was discipling. And so we met a lot. We met every week or so. And, and it was just kind of the same story every week, like the same struggles every single week. And, and so I would ask her every week, are you praying about this? And she would say, yes, I'm praying about it. And finally, I said this instead. I said, are you forming words to God about this? She stopped. She was like, no. So whatever her definition of prayer was, probably was more like worry. It probably was more like stewing and thinking, but it probably wasn't prayer. And so my hope tonight is, and we're gonna go into this a little deeper, but my hope tonight is you leave tonight and you are running to your car to talk to him Mm. because you're free again because you're not so burdened and bogged down by the way your relationship has been. See, prayer is just talking to God. (laughs) That's all it is. And so it's not about, it's not about prayer. It's about your relationship with God. It's how safe are you with him? How much do you want to share what just happened with him? How much do you want to talk to him? That's, that's, how much do you need him? In fact, that's probably the most common time I pray is when I experience that. Yeah. So one of the things that you said, and I can't remember exactly, exactly how you said it, but it's hard to be in the presence of someone you feel guilty yeah. being with. But now I hear you saying you really like God. I so do. if you're going to spend, if you're going to talk to him constantly, like you're going to have to really like him. So yeah. one of the things a common friend of ours, Doug Sherman, said to me once, and I've shared it here before, but he said your view of God determines your response to God. So yeah. you cannot 
If you don't have the right view of God, it's going to be really hard to talk to him constantly. And so I yeah. think that's why Jesus tells us in the Lord's Prayer, how do we start? Yes. Our Father. You yeah. know, you have to have a view of God father. as Father that is someone that you want to draw near to mm -hmm. regularly. So I'd love to just hear, what is your view of God? Just unpack that. Mm. When you think about, when you say, I really like him. Okay. This, is, this question is not on here. Let's go. I, I'm going to pull up a verse. I, I think the problem with us in prayer is that we don't believe God. And, and we're missing the fact that this is supposed to be a supernatural exchange about supernatural things that are happening all around us. Mm. And because we look at the natural and we look at each other and we look at the problems that we're facing and we look at the, um, the lack of our lives and we look at what we don't have that we wish we had, because we're looking at the natural, we miss the whole purpose of prayer, that it is supposed to be about things that our holy other that we, we can't even imagine that are happening all around us all the time. And this makes me think of Luke. In Luke 10, Jesus has sent out the disciples for the first time and he's, and he's said, hey, I want you to go and I want you to heal and I want you to preach and I want you to do this in pairs around everywhere and here's how I want you to do it. And it's a fascinating passage because he goes into basically discipleship. Like this is how you're gonna go out and do the mission of God. This is how you're gonna go out and do my work. He's preparing them and they come back and this is what they say. There were 72 of them and they returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. That is the power that you have with God. The reason you don't pray is you don't believe that powerful things can happen through you and around you. You're bored. You're bored with God. We get bored with what he thinks he has for us and, and what he wants from us. And so we miss the super, we miss all of the exciting stuff that actually could be happening if we would just say, hey God, what do you want me to make of this? What are you doing here? How do I enter this situation? And let me tell you how it works, the exchange. It is not what you think. It's things like turning the other cheek instead of having the last word. It's, it's these ways that are so mysterious, but yet through those ways, God changes the world. But because we don't, believe that prayer changes anything, doesn't change us, it doesn't change the world, all of it's hopeless, then we don't ask for anything to change. And so we live bored and stuck and apathetic and we don't know why. And I guess I wanna get to the heart of why we don't pray because I think that if you did pray, you'd love praying and it wouldn't be a problem because you'd watch God move around you. I mean, this is, that's me. When I was thinking on the way here, I was like, how do I even put into words how I view God and why I love prayer? Because it's the most exciting thing in the world to work with God. Hmm. It changes every conversation. It changes every room. It changes every assignment that God has put in your life. It changes absolutely everything. And so all of a sudden, what was completely mundane is the most exciting thing in the world because now you are working with God for eternal purposes in the midst of the mundane. Yeah, that's great. And so when you start asking him to show up, to asking him to move, asking him to help your friend, he starts moving, helping, showing up. Amazing. Now it doesn't always feel like you thought it would because he, hey, I've got another verse for this. Um, it's real simple and it's horrible. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Dang it. It, doesn't, it just doesn't fit in our box. It doesn't go how we want it to go. Mm -hmm. And so when you let go of how you want it to go, which is called surrender, when you let go of that and you start to pray, those two things together, you will start to see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You will start to watch the Holy Spirit move and lead and do things that you never saw coming. Yeah. And life goes from very apathetic and boring to 
mind-blowingly crazy awesome. And, and no, not every minute of every day, but kind of. And yeah. even, even suffering, like I think about, I think about suffering because that's another reason I think people don't pray. I feel like y'all should tell me why you don't pray. Will y'all tell me? Just yell it out. What, what's the barrier? We all have one. What's the barrier? Good. Shame. Pride. Busy. Doubt. Doing it wrong. Apathy. Sin. What sin? Just kidding. Different, different talk. Frustration. Why frustration? Where are you, buddy? Let's give this guy a mic. Yeah, come here. Yep. Where's our microphone over here? Let's make this thing real. Here you go. What's your name? Anything this is. Is this on? Bro, you have so much power right now, it's crazy. <laughs> I feel like I have the infinity goblet on my head. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm kind of in a season currently where uh, God's literally stripping down all of the idols in my life. Wow, my heart's palpitating right now. Um, where he took my job, my car, everything that you know I found my value in and my identity in, and uh, he literally said, I have all you have left. And um, I'm actually going into a mission trip in this upcoming week, and um, I'm literally saying, God, use me as you wish. Like, I have nothing else but you, you know. Take, here's my heart, you know. Use it on, as an undivided, you know, vessel. And so it's frustrating because some days are mundane, and not every day is, uh, it's a roller coaster of emotions. There's ups and downs. And I kind of always wish that I was just on the top of, you know, like a mountain, you know, like with Moses and Mount Sinai, just in the presence of God, just captivated in his uh, presence. But it's not always like that. So it's frustrating because you're kind of going through this, this, again, this roller coaster. And it's, I mean, now I'm just repeating myself, but it's frustrating. All right, what's your name? Josh. Josh. Thanks for being so honest. That was amazing. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but we're not done. So you just said something profound that I think all of us here feel. I would, didn't a lot of people relate to what he was saying? It just feels frustrating. It feels like you've taken things from me. I would pray, but I may not get it back. And how... How do I do in a relationship where I'm asking you for things I need that I want that it's not going at all how I want it to go, right? Yeah, I'm also praying for relationships, so God, pull yeah. through. So. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I like <laughs> some girl is going let's, let's lion. Yeah, he's, it all starts tonight. God knows why he led me here, so. So, that prayer is going to get answered. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, here's what I would say. is There's a part of you, there's a part of you that trusts God and loves him. That's why you're going on a mission trip. That's why you're, you're here. That's why you're, you're still in. And then there's another part of you that what? Feels? Just full of hope, I mean. No, the bad part. Oh, the bad part. <laughs> Frustrated, yeah. I want you to even, are you mad? I'd be mad. Yeah, oftentimes, yeah. I mean, I literally shake my head, like my fist at God and say, like, why? This is so unjust. I'm not a perfect person, but like, why are you taking everything from me? And then the more I just came in the presence of God, I realized, like, I have no room to say anything. Like, wait, why wait, do no, I no. Have the See, you're moving to the other part really oh, fast. Okay, I was loving the first part. I, I want you to keep going on the anger because that's real. Yeah. And I think we are afraid to say that to God. And the reason we're ashamed is because we feel it, but we don't think we can say it. You don't think I can shake my hand at God and still trust him and still be a godly person. Like how quick were you to go, but I know I, I don't deserve anything. I mean, we all have the but, da 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 Y'all, the but's true, right? The but is, it's not that the but's wrong. It's that we aren't comfortable sitting in the anger and God is perfectly comfortable mm -hmm. sitting with you 
and your anger. That's good. He's, he's perfectly comfortable. Yep. He's, not, he's not mad back. He's not sad. You know what he loves? The same thing I love when my kid opens up to me and gets in the car and is raging mad because I'm not going to let him do the thing he wants me to do. And he's mad at me about it. And he's telling me why. And he's saying, you know what I wanted today, mom? I just want to see my girlfriend at the YMCA. <laughs> so what I wanted, you're in my way. Buddy, you know what? That is, of course you do. Of course you do. But you really might go kiss her somewhere in that YMCA. So you're not going. But, <laughs> but of course you want to go. And of course you're mad at me who's in between the thing that you want. And, and I get it. And I, I think as parents so often we have um, had parents that have made us feel bad for the things that we feel. Hmm. Rather than say, you know what? This is really hard. This is not how it should be. And I'm sorry. And I love you. And you, we can sit here and you can shake your fist because you're right. I have all the power and you don't. And it just is the safest place we could be. Yeah. Because he can handle it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I've experienced that. The Bible is clear. David was a man after God's own heart and he brought it all. Yeah. Okay, you can, you were amazing. I'm so glad for you. Thank you. You're crazy if y'all don't just go up and say hey tonight, you girls, just say hey. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just think it's complicated. Yeah. I think we are more complicated than we want to admit. And we think being godly is saying all the right things and doing all the right things, but being godly, a man after God's own heart, is being near and with God. And that is a very different kind of relationship than thank you, God, for everything, even though it all sucks. Sorry if that's a cuss word to you. Sometimes, let's just be real, I could have used a way worse one. (laughs) Hey, this that was me today. Yeah. Like, I was we had a really tough day in our household. Like there was something my wife and I, we are praying for, for one of our kids and it didn't happen. And my, the words out of my mouth to my wife today, standing in the kitchen where I do not want know why God did not answer it. It would have been so easy for him to just do it. Yeah. And I was frustrated. And then at the, at the, in the same day, I'm thinking Psalm 34, I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Like I can hold that tension that I'm frustrated and he is still good and he's worthy of praise. And it feels real. Like it would be inauthentic for me to get up here and, and not battle that frustration. I don't know where we picked up that we have to be one thing. We can be a lot of things. We can be sad and grateful at the same time. We can be disappointed and happy about a lot of parts of our life at the same time. And God knows that. He built us that way. But we do tend to think we we are working so hard. There's a part of our minds that is working so hard to not feel the things we shouldn't feel. It's judging all of the anger all of the frustration, all of the pride, all of the things. That part of your brain is just, it's an overdrive. It's just, you shouldn't think that. You yeah. shouldn't feel that. Should my son want to go kiss the girl at the YMCA? I don't know. But you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world. And I'm sure not going to shame him about it. Like, yeah, he's got desires that a little middle school boy has. God help him and all of you. <laughs> But as a mom, and I, I'm using this as an example for everything. As a mom, I can either go, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't feel that. Or I can go, of course you feel that way. Mm. Of course you feel that way. Yeah. We're still going to do what's right. But not kiss the girl. But 
Y'all, he's 14. Y'all can kiss. I, don't even get me started. If you... So we're talking about prayer tonight. Um, <laughs> that's a whole nother series, Jenny. Come back for it. <laughs> yes. New question. I just disqualified myself from that series. No, you're coming... Well... <laughs> Anyway, so. <laughs> I have a verse. Um. <laughs> That's good. Let's, let, let's roll the verse. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no. y'all hear what I'm saying. I, I just think we're playing games. And that's what I, yep. I, I think is exhausting that's for right. you. God's okay. You know what? God is even compassionate with your games you're playing about prayer. You know what he does? This is so cute. You're sitting there ashamed so you don't go to him. And you know what he does? Dang it. Not because he's mad or disappointed, because he likes you and he has plans for you and he wants to walk with you in your day and he wants to help you with what you're dealing with and he wants to be in it with you. Yeah. It's a dang it like I would feel if my kids never told me anything, right? It's I want to be in the mess with you. Am I ever, sometimes as a human, I might judge it and your dad might have and that is how you are viewing God. But our God says, I want to be in it with you. Because we think we have to make ourselves right before God and we don't understand the doctrine of sanctification. And some of you are going, I don't even know if I believe in God. Let's more or less, let's talk about big words like that. But, but it's an important thing to believe because the doctrine of sanctification is believing that not only does God draw you to himself to know him, but he also changes your life as you go. Yeah. And if you believe that, then walking with him is the way it happens. So when it's broken, you go to him. When you're sad, you go to him. When you're mad, you go to him. When you're mad at him, you go to him. Like that's how it's supposed to go. And as you go with him, the more he gives you insight, he gives you vision, he gives you perspective, he gives you hope, he gives you self-control, he gives you joy, he gives you friends, he gives you community, he gives you people that make you better, he gives you more of his word and reminds you of it. That is how it goes, but it doesn't go that way if you don't go to him. Yeah, that's good. If you don't form words to him. So, <clears throat> Jenny, you were talking about your own prayer life, and you just said, I'm praying constantly. Yeah. Okay? That's biblical. That's First Thessalonians 5, which says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, to pray without ceasing, the verse would say, is God's will for you. So, help us get there. Like, what, how, how do we take steps with that? I kind of want to do another analogy with someone because I think this is, it's so much more easily worked out if, so somebody just volunteer. Okay, you. We have a microphone for you. Um, okay, what's your name? Paige. Paige. Let's work this out together because I think sometimes me just telling you the answer is, oh is you'll forget <laughs> it, but I bet everyone will remember you, Paige. Okay, so Paige, okay. stand up. Okay. Um, When's the last time you talked to God and you got to be honest? I'm trusting like you have a sweet face. You're going to be honest. Okay. Probably yeah. like this morning. Okay. What'd you say? I would just say, I always say I'm how grateful I am every morning. And I list like what exactly Ooh. I'm grateful for. Good. Awesome. So since then, today, what's happened in your life? Work, just at home, gym. Was there anything bad that happened today? Uh... My dogs annoyed me. <laughs> Your dog annoyed yeah. you. That's a good day. Yeah, but it's I'm a good call day. That. It's probably everything was good. Yeah, great day. Okay, so you weren't frustrated with anybody? Um, no. Bored? No. You no. are really happy and grateful. Yeah. Sit down. You're out. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I see hat right there. Yes, you're up. I'm trusting you see where this is going, and you are going to be a troubled soul. <laughs> But, but, uh. but I, hey, hey, do not miss what just happened with Paige. What does Paige do every morning? And what does she, how does she pray? With gratitude. Yeah. And the biggest frustration of her day was her dog. And I'm not saying that's every day, Paige, because I'm quite sure you have had bigger problems in the last few months. But... Life sure does feel a lot more manageable and doable, whatever frustrations probably were in your life today, if we are grateful. Okay, what's your name? Uh, my name's Elvis. Elvis? Like Presley. Yes, ma'am. Nice. <laughs> okay, Elvis. So 
when's the last time you talked to God? You're wearing a cross. It was probably oh, yeah. recently. Um, it was this morning. Um, I actually drove from college this morning to be here. Awesome. So, what college? Um, Texas A&M International University. It's about seven hours south in Laredo. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I pray I got up at 545 this morning. I'm like, God, just give me a safe journey. Make it smooth. Hopefully I don't get mad at traffic and hopefully we can make it on time. And I did. And you did it. Okay, so I want you to describe just in general how your prayer life goes. Like what's... Um, a lot of times I tend to get frustrated and lost. Um, there have been a, a lot of instances in my life where I've been scared, um, dealt with a lot of illness, not with just me, with my family. Um, and a lot of times I also feel frustrated that I don't find a solution for things like that. That it leads me on a weird journey. And it's, it never ends up how I want. And that tends to frustrate me because, I mean, obviously I, I, sometimes... I'm, a lot of times I want to be in control. And when it's out of my control, it scares me and freaks me out. Play along with me here. Okay. <laughs> Why? I, I like to be in control of like my life and my Why situations. Why are you scared? Because I don't want it to end, out, end up bad. You don't want it to end up bad? Right. Why? <sighs> Deep questions. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a hard one to answer because I, I want it to go my way. Like, I don't want it to end up bad because I want the best for myself. And if I don't feel so that... So what happens if it all goes bad? It's gone bad for you already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you said it, not me. Nope, nope. <laughs> you, you are very right. You are very right. So, um, dang, that's a good question. It, it's just, I feel like whenever it goes bad, I get pulled away from God. It pulls you away from God? Right. Why? Because I feel like whenever I'm not at my best, I feel like I'm not closest with God. Like I've had a situation with ex-girlfriends where I feel like I've made some poor decisions and it's pulled me away from God. And like I pray like, God, please let this not go bad. Never does. And so I'm like, God, let this go smooth. Let us both be happy. And a lot of times it doesn't end up that way. And I don't like that. Okay. So to your question. I'm gonna let you sit down. Okay. That was actually super helpful because I think hearing how other people pray and what they struggle with is so interesting because we all are struggling with this. Why? What I said about the devil, if we have all the authority and power and all of that authority and power is accessed through a relationship with God, which means through prayer, then the enemy hates prayer. The enemy hates it. He wants us to not be in relationship with God. He wants to destroy, kill our relationship with God. And so if that is what you feel every time that you go through suffering is that you get further from God, that you fall away from God, then you're going to dread it. You're going to feel like I will be alone, I will be isolated, I will be abandoned, and I'm going to have to deal with this myself, and I'm going to have to fix this. Mm-hmm. But that's not a true narrative. You know that. You know the narrative. The narrative is Romans. The narrative is that when blessed are those who suffer. Blessed are those who mourn. The narrative is that when we suffer, we actually are building hope and hope is building all of these other beautiful things in our life. And so we want, in a weird way, to suffer. So we're not really so afraid of it. It's just we're afraid of being abandoned and left in it. And God says, I'll draw nearer to you in it. I will walk closer in the valley of the shadow of death. And so don't fear anything because I will do it with you. But the way we access him is to talk to him and to not miss it. And so to your question, how do you do this right now? How do y'all go out of here and just talk to him? It is as messy as it sounds. It is as messy as it sounds. I think you say on the way out, God, I don't know how to do this. Will you help me know how to do this? And then when you get in the car, you go, okay, God, I'm going home and I'm going to be tempted by blank. Help me with it. Or God, you get in the car and say, God, I am so disappointed in you and that is why I'm not talking to you and I need you to change the way I feel about you. Or God, my parent that is so horrible to me, I'm supposed to love them and I can't and I need you to help me. It is Mother's Day and I don't know what to do. Instead of just and only, thank you, God, keep me safe. All the messy parts, all the hard parts, he is waiting. He is waiting like I am in my car when I pick up my kid. I am waiting for the messy parts. Why? Because I can help with the messy parts. I may not give him the answer that he wants, but I will be in it 
with him. And we will go get Chick-fil-A instead of go to the Y. Because I like it. Uh, do you hear from God? Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. Yes, I hear from God. But it's not like you think. It's not a voice. I just know. I ask him, what do you want me to do here? And I know what to do. And, I, and, I, and back to your, to your fear. If you give up control of your life, this is the key, guys. If you say, you know what? If I never get married, if I never, ever get to do something important that, that matters, if I never get to be in right relationship with my parents again, if I never get to that job that I am aspiring to, if I never get in that school that I want, I'm okay. I want you and I want what you have for me. And when you live that, when you, that is a sincere desire of your heart and it takes prayer to get there, it takes God helping us move to that, then what happens next is yes, God starts speaking, but he doesn't compete. He doesn't compete. When you don't know what to do, start with God. Is there anything that I love more than you? And if there is, you confess it and let go of it and say, God, here it is. I'll probably have to give it to you again next hour, but, but here it is. Yeah. And then he gets loud. And, and I don't mean his voice. I just mean his direction. You know what to do. You know what to say. You know how to fight your sin. You know who to tell. You know, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know perfectly. It's always kind of just a think, this is what God wants. But there's a lot of confidence that comes as you surrender. And he knows that you're going to obey. Yeah. God loves to speak to people that are going to obey. Jenny, I'm putting you on the spot, but before I ever knew you, I don't know if I was reading your book, Nothing to Prove, or it was something that I heard you say at some point, but you were talking about a prayer that you and Zach prayed that really led to where you are now. And I just feel like that yeah. prayer needs to be shared. Yeah. With so we were, we had young kids and he was a pastor at the time and we were reading the blog of a girl named Katie Davis who lived in um, Africa and she was a little younger than me and had adopted multiple kids off the streets of Uganda and left her kind of suburban Nashville life and surrendered to God and was living in a really radical way. And I read her words and I read her blog and I just wanted what she had. I wanted to follow God like that. I wanted to surrender to God like that. And so I remember that night, um, I stayed up to like 1am reading her, her blog on, on my bathroom floor. Cause I didn't want to keep Zach up. And, and I just remember turning over on my cold bathroom floor and saying, Lord, I will do anything you want. We will do anything you want. And immediately clear idol idols came to mind of, of, I had largely held back from the things that I knew God wanted me to do the gifts that I knew he wanted me to use because I cared a lot what people thought. That was the first thing that was really clear to me that God, I believe God made clear to me that night. And there were several others. I loved comfort. I loved approval. I love all the things we all love, right? I loved it all and I wanted it more and I had been living for it. And when God brought to mind things I should do or things um, that he wanted for me, I would push it away out of approval or comfort or control. And so we just begin to pray, God, we want you more than comfort and control and approval. And what's awful and wonderful is we lost a lot of those things when we prayed that prayer. We've lost all of those things almost um, every day of our lives because we pray that prayer consistently. And we still pray that prayer and we keep losing those things. And it's the best life you could possibly imagine. You don't really want those things. Yeah. They don't build incredible lives. They don't build lives that will matter for eternity. They build comfortable, approved of, in control lives. <laughs> yeah. And do you want that? You just have to choose. Yeah. Like that's, that's your choice. Every, every one of us gets to choose. Do you want a comfortable, in control life full of approval or do you want to follow God? Yeah. And when you want to follow God, and you say, I will let go of those things, you will lose those things. You'll lose them all. 
And it's, I highly recommend it. The hardest parts of my life that have come from that prayer are the best parts of my life. It's that little 14-year-old boy from Rwanda that I'm trying to help not kiss too many girls. And he's going to kill me that I put this all out on the internet. But Hi, Cooper. <laughs> he's actually going to be like, yeah, a girl wants to kiss me. That's my story. So... Yeah, I mean, the hardest parts are the best parts, but, but the way we get there yeah. is surrender. And so, yeah. yeah, we prayed that prayer, and there have been days, just really candidly, because of the things God has brought into our life, because of that surrender, that I have, I've, I've wanted a different way. I've wanted the control back, I've wanted the approval back, yeah. but I would not trade it. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. Jenny, will you finish just by sharing the gospel with our friends tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel especially tender to any of you that are watching or listening that, that don't know Jesus. We're talking about a really intimate relationship with an invisible God. And I just want to say, yeah, that, that's hard to get our, your head around. And I think that the fact that that is hard for you to get your head around is okay. I have loved him a long time and it still kind of blows my mind. The scripture says that we enter into the throne room of God when we pray. And, and yet it's true. He's real. He's not a myth. And he loves you. And he likes you. And he wants a relationship with you. This wasn't an obligatory relationship that he, he stepped into. He, he chose to create you. And he chose to rescue you. And he chose to begin a relationship with you if you want it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm talking to some of you that, that maybe don't have that relationship yet and you've never had that relationship. But I also am thinking of all of you that haven't prayed in a really long time, if you're honest. And that relationship has really gotten boring and cold and distant. And uh, all of us, he says, come, come back, kid, come back. I love you. I'm so happy that you're popping in my car, telling me all your drama from school. I wanna hear it all. I wanna know you, I want to be with you. I want to hear it all. And I wanna walk with you in it because I made you. And the story of the gospel, if you've never heard it, is really extra crazy. It's that God, Father, Son, Spirit decided before time to create us and that we would mess it up, but he would get us back. And it would be costly. It would be so costly. And so Jesus came as a baby and he grew up and he showed us how much God likes us and loves us, how much he wants a relationship with us. He, he loved people. He loved them and he liked them and he healed them and he cared for them. And then he died for them. He died for us. He died for you. He died for me. Because all of us have sinned. Not one of us have been righteous. Not one of us have done what we need to do to be with God forever. And so, so Jesus was the perfect one. And he died on a cross for you. And all those sins and all those mistakes. And, and the cool thing is, he rose from the grave to show he has power over death. That death would not hold him and death will not hold you for those who believe in Jesus Christ, they will spend eternity with God. Yeah. It's the greatest story that has ever been told. And it was true and real and happened. And so we get God. We get God, all of us that are sinners, all of us that don't deserve God, we get God. If you want him, if you choose him, you get him. And the way you do that is you tell him, you pray. Say, God, I want a relationship with you. I believe you did that for me. And so we're gonna do that. We are gonna pray. We're gonna pray. And if this is the first time that you have ever trusted him, that you're coming into a relationship with him for the first time, all you have to do is pray with me. Jesus, I believe you are God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I put my faith, my hope in you as my Lord and Savior. And I wanna follow you, I wanna to talk to you, I wanna walk with you. 
And when I don't, help me, keep me, and he will. And for the rest of us that have known Jesus, maybe for a long time, maybe for years and years, maybe so long that we've forgotten how good it is, we get to also say, Jesus, you're my God. I love you and I want to be close to you. And I want to talk to you again. And I'm sorry, I've been far away, but I'm not going to let shame and guilt keep me away because I need you. I need you and I want, I want to be right with you. I want to be close to you. So help me, show me. I think it's even fair, guys. I mean, just to even model this for you, like the thing I want to say to you, God, right now is show up for them. Like show up for them. Show up for them in their desperation. Show up for them in their anxiety. Show up for them in their broken struggles with sin. Show up for them as their desires are unmet. God, show up for them. And show up for them in a way that astounds them, that blows their mind, that is bigger and better than they thought. And we know you show up for us every day in a million ways, your word. And, and, and you show up for us. I know, I know all the right answers, God, but I'm asking you in your spirit to just tonight, as they go to bed, every person listening to my voice, would they encounter you in a fresh way? Because you're real. You're not pretend we don't speak to the air. We speak to the living God with the power and authority over the darkness. So God help us believe again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys thank Jenny Allen? Jenny, thank you. Please come back. I'm so grateful for you. Let's stand together. Let's respond by singing tonight.